Welcome back to Tuesday with Tim. Today I want to share something with you that I started one year after Luke's accident. I was asked to speak at my daughter's middle school in August of 2016. And at that time, I thought, what can I talk about that middle school kids, high school, college, adults could relate to? And how could what I talk about affect them and make an impact on them each and every day? So I came up with five inspirations from Luke. I'd like to share those with you. And I hope that maybe today when you hear these, it makes an impact on you. Number one is to find your passion. I was the most passionate tennis coach at Texas Tech. I hated to lose. I loved working with players. I was the most passionate New Orleans Saints fan, Texas Ranger fan, and Texas Tech Red Raider fan. I was passionate about being with my family. I loved it. I loved being around my kids so much. But after Luke's accident, I lost a lot of my passion to live. I didn't want to answer the phone. The doorbell would ring and I wouldn't answer it. That's not who I was, but that's who I became. It took me quite a while to regain some passion back. And I did that in one way. And that was when I started Team Luke Hope for Minds. Team Luke Hope for Minds has helped me regain my passion. Despite the fact that I began to regain my passion in one way. And that was starting Team Luke Hope for Minds. As the executive director of Team Luke Hope for Minds, there is no greater feeling than giving hope to those that need hope, to encourage those that need to be encouraged. So many times I heard, I can only imagine, or I don't understand because I've not lived it. What I'm able to do with Team Local for Minds when I talk to a parent, those parents know that I've been there. They know what they're feeling. I know what they're feeling. So Team Local for Minds has helped me regain my passion because there is nothing like helping others. Find your passion. I hope today that you feel that you are passionate about something. Don't lose your passion. The second is don't ever quit. There were so many times waking up next to Luke in the middle of the night to turn Luke, to give him meds. I didn't know if I could keep going. But when I looked to my right, I knew that my son wasn't quitting and I wasn't going to quit. As a tennis coach, I talked a lot about giving all that you've got to never quit, to play as hard as you can. Well, that was a lesson I learned very quickly as a father whose son had a brain injury. My son, Luke, loved playing sports. He loved baseball. He loved to compete every single day where he threw the football or the baseball every single day. 
So I reminded myself to never quit. And a lot of times when I talk to teams, it's very easy to talk to teams about not quitting, to remember that you're playing for each other. Well, I looked at it the same way. I was never going to quit for Luke and for my family. It's something that I prided myself on as a tennis player and as a tennis coach and certainly as a father to not ever quit. The third one of my seven inspirations is to lean on a friend, parent, teacher, sibling. I lean on no one for the longest time. I just couldn't come to terms with the fact that my son Luke was likely never going to speak and was certainly never going to be the same. I shut people out of my life. But eventually I realized I needed that. I needed people in my life. And what I try to tell people this is this. When you see someone who is usually in a very good mood, upbeat, and he or she might have her head down, she's short with you, she's struggling, a simple, hey, how are you? It goes a long way. I'm living proof of that. Because when I receive a text message, even today, praying for you, your son inspires me. It helps me. It lifts my spirits. At the same time, when you are having a very difficult day, don't keep things inside. It wasn't healthy for me. It wasn't healthy for Luke. And it certainly was not healthy for my family. Lean on a friend parent, teacher, sibling, coach, pastor. I am now that person that leans on people because I know this, that I cannot do this by myself. I couldn't do this when I was taking care of Luke, and I certainly couldn't do this in the last two years since Luke passed. The fourth one, be careful, make good choices. Every parent listening to this today knows that you probably have said that to your child at one time or another, make good choices. Be careful. Luke was nine years old on a city street, unsupervised, on a modified golf cart. A golf cart that was lifted, taller, heavier, faster. Luke was only nine years old. I never had the chance to tell Luke to make good choices being on a golf cart. Luke was at a friend's house. I had no idea that they owned a golf cart. But every single day when I talk to teams, to schools, I preach this, make good choices, be careful. Many students, when they hear me, think, well, this would never happen to me. I'm stronger, I'm an athlete, I'm smarter. Yet every single day, when we receive applications from accidents, the majority of those accidents are from mistakes made, decisions that were made, bad choices. I always try to tell everyone, be grateful for what you have and never take anything for granted. The fifth one is to have faith. Without my faith, I couldn't do what I'm doing right this minute. I couldn't get in front of people, and I certainly could not be the executive director of Team Luke Hope for Minds. But I will tell you that my faith has been tested and challenged every single day. 
in early August, something very special, something life-changing happened to me. I was carrying anger for eight years. Anger at what happened. Bitter at what happened. Angry at the world. Angry at some individuals. Bitter at some that weren't around me as much, that weren't there for me as much. That was not really their problem. That was a me problem. But my faith took a very big turn on August 3rd in 2023. I felt God's presence asking me, telling me, to go find a place somewhere outside of Lubbock, Texas. I spent three days at a lake house near Fort Smith, Arkansas. I read a couple of books, and one book talked about forgiveness. And something very powerful happened to me at that moment. I forgave. I forgave those that need to be forgiven. I forgave. And when that happened, it changed my life in a matter of seconds. I no longer have the anger. I have totally forgiven. It has freed me. It has taken the chains off. And I thank God for that. And so my faith has changed in the sense that I have surrendered to God. I had God with me during those eight years, but I don't think I had God in front of me. A good friend of mine had asked me to pray for three things every day. Pray for guidance, pray for peace, and to pray for strength. And I've done that. I initially told you that I had five inspirations from Luke. I added number six and number seven a couple of years ago. Number six, find forgiveness. I shared earlier with you about how I've began to forgive and how it has, it has shaped me, it has changed me, no longer dealing with anger. Am I sad? Of course I'm sad every single day. I think about Luke every minute of every day. But I think of it differently now. I think that I'm keeping Luke's legacy alive. I think that I am helping others, that Luke has inspired and continues to inspire so many people. If you have Facebook, you can go on to Luke's Legacy, in parentheses, pray for Luke, and read about our story. Forgiveness. When I used to speak, and I would talk about number six, I would start by saying, I'm a work in progress. I'm not there yet. Well, today it's different. I have forgiven. So a message for you today, if you're listening, to find forgiveness. It will help you. I promise you. The seventh and the final, let a loved one's legacy live on through you. I added this on August 19th, 2021. I never dreamed in a million years that I'd be sitting here right now talking about my son who had passed away. Luke was going to be a special, special athlete. Luke was, Luke was already showing me what a special person he was. He was so sweet. He was so caring. He was a people pleaser. I want to share one quick story with you that I think will resonate with you in a way that, that only parents can understand. Luke's third grade teacher 
the last year that Luke was in class, Miss Julian was Luke's teacher. Miss Julian called me a few months after Luke's accident and asked to come to the house. She came in and she handed me a sheet of paper. And that sheet of paper was a letter that Luke had written to the principal and to the teacher. And it said, I'm very sorry for how I behaved. I'm sorry for how I acted. I promise to have a better attitude. I asked Miss Julian what Luke did. And she told me Luke did nothing. He wanted to take the blame for the class because he did not want the class to miss recess. This is coming from a nine-year-old boy. And that's who my son was. Sweet, caring. He was my hero. He was my boy. Every single day I would drive in the car with Luke. Every other mile, every other minute, Luke, you're my boy, right? He would nod or he would say, sure. I did it all the time. Luke, you're my boy. Two things happened to me shortly after Luke's accident. I was driving around Lubbock, Texas, struggling. All over town, I drove and drove and drove with nowhere to go, no place to be. Suddenly, I ended up at a grocery store called Market Street on 98th and Quaker. Why is that significant? Because I never wanted to be there. Because about a quarter of a mile on the other side of the street is where Luke's accident happened. I parked my van far from everybody else. I had my head down on the steering wheel when suddenly there was a knock on the windshield. Hey, I'm praying for you. One foot in front of the other. He walked away. He never told me his name. But one foot in front of the other. Think about that. What a cliche. We hear it every day. But isn't it true? And yes, there are days I've put one foot in front of the other, but I also tend to take two steps back. But I know this, that I am putting one foot in front of the other. And I'm so grateful that this man told me that. One year after the accident, I was at a basketball gym getting ready to watch my daughter Kate play high school basketball. I was standing up next to Luke in his chair, and I've never had anyone walk right past us without at least acknowledging us. A sympathetic hello, an occasional how are you. I've even had people ask me, can I pray for your son? What happened to your son? This woman walked right past us with her head down. Five feet after she passed us, she turned and she said, hey, you were chosen for this. And then she walked away. She didn't tell me her name either. And I guess I look back and I think to myself, maybe I was chosen for this. Maybe those years of being a tennis player, being a tennis coach, dealing with adversity, what at that time we thought was adversity, has helped mold me to become a person strong enough to handle what happened to my son. And in closing today, I would like to share this, that my daughters today, Alex, 31 years old, Kate, 20, Ellie, 18, those three girls lost their brother. And in some regards, they lost their father because for the last two years, I was so engulfed in my own grief 
that I wasn't there for them enough emotionally. And that includes my wife, Jenny. I'm doing all that I can to make up for lost time. And if there's one last message for you to hear and hopefully to execute from this point forward, don't ever take anything for granted. Be grateful for what you have and enjoy being with your family each and every day. This is Tim with Tuesday with Tim.